Welcome to the VoiceOver Insider free podcast, a service, of course, of Julie Williams' free VoiceOver Insider. For industry news, tips, and information, be sure to subscribe at www.voiceoverinsider.com. I'm Paul O'Connor, here to introduce our host, Julie Williams. What's coming up on the podcast today? Well, Paul, Joe J. Thomas is our guest today. You might also know him as Joe Actor. He is a voice actor in Los Angeles, and he works in games, animation, anime, and dubbing. If you've played an online game, you have probably killed him. Some, <laughs> some of his more prominent characters are the Skeleton King in Diablo 3, Loken, Quickthear, and Akurian in World of Warcraft, as well as anime roles in Bleach, Hunter Times Hunter, Dara-ra-ra, and many more. You can hear his demos, uh, find out what's going on with him, and get more information at his website, which is joeactor.com. Now, Joe, the reason I asked you to be here today is because I saw you wrote this fabulous article, short, sweet, to the point, very poignant points about, about the five, well, I don't want to say stupid, inappropriate questions yeah. that newbies yeah. ask. So I want to talk to you about what they are, why they're inappropriate, and what the answer would be. A lot of times online on forums, you'll get a, a mixed bag of, of people, everything from people who've been in the industry for you know decades to people who are just interested in it and want to know how to break in. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times the people who are interested in getting into the industry will ask what they think is a simple question, like what microphone should I buy as one of them? And the question itself is good, but the timing is not right. In other words, it's like if, if you were to... Uh, if you were to walk into a uh, uh, mechanic's garage and say, what's the best type of tools I should buy? Yeah. Well, the mechanic's going to say, are you a mechanic? <laughs> and, <laughs> you know, if you're not a mechanic, then you shouldn't be buying the tools yet. And right. that's, kind of, that's kind of the point is you want to lay the foundation first. And the foundation for what we do is acting. Yeah. And, um, you know, before you shell out a bunch of money on on things that you may or may not use in the future. Yeah, I think people think that uh, everybody wants to get into voiceover. And I think it's because they think their voice is going to be discovered because they have a good voice and and it's going to be easy. You know, they're just going to get scripts magically coming to them and <laughs> they're going to go voice those scripts and they're going to make a lot of money. And, you know, it it doesn't work that way. Asking about buying the microphone is like walking into college on your freshman day and asking where to get your cap and gown. I mean, you, <laughs> yeah. you, you haven't done the work yet. <laughs> and so, you know, what kind of microphone to buy? Ask that question when it's time. And mm-hmm. there will be a lot of people who can help you with that. Because the, the answer is, what would you say the answer to that question is, by the way? Well, uh, that, one's, that one is based on you, your voice, even the area of voiceover you want to get into mm-hmm. will, will make a difference on which mic you end up with. And part of the point of the article is that when you ask the question, sometimes along the path, you'll find the answer anyway. Yes. So by the time you're ready to buy the mic, you'll already have it narrowed down to maybe two or three. And then you can ask a more nuanced question, you know, should I be buying a, you know, a condenser or, or should, I, should I get a, a shotgun mic? Then people can say, oh, you know what you're talking about. And I would suggest this model or this particular one based on your price range. So. Right. The other thing I would say is before you start asking these questions, ask how to find a good coach. And we'll talk mm-hmm. about that because I consider myself a voiceover life coach because I coach everything to do with their voiceover life and then some. 
like certain things about wellness and, you know, not to get that yeah. cold that keeps your horse for six months and all that. And this, all this falls in under that. I am not the expert in everything. If somebody asked me, one of my students, and he's ready, what mic do I buy? I say, hey, let me give you a phone number of somebody to ask because yeah. that's not my area of expertise because none yeah. of us knows everything. But, you know, you get somebody to guide you. I can't tell you how many people they've signed up for coaching with me and then they go out on their own and they start doing this and start doing that. And I'm like, whoa, 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 back up. You just spent all this on something you didn't need when you could have gotten this and just talk to me before you do anything, you know? Yeah. But, yeah. But everybody is so excited to get started that they make poor decisions uh, by asking these questions. The other thing that I run into is, especially on the animation games and anime side of things, uh -huh. there's a huge audience for those. There, there are people who play the games and watch the animes. And because of that, they're very attracted to, I want to do that. That's understandable. But then just going and saying, well, I'm just going to audition and I'm going to land a part in an anime is missing the mechanics of how do you get the audition? Mm -hmm. What's, what skill sets do you need? I mean, even from my own experience, I've had, I've gotten auditions where I go, Oh my God, I'm, I'm supposed to go to, you know, this major studio and audition for something. And I'll go, I'll, I'll audition. And when I leave, I know, okay, I wasn't quite ready for that yet. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and that was a nice introduction. And I, I hope I left a good impression. And they go, well, this is somebody we should look at in the future. Yeah. But even getting that step, it takes, you know, all the preparation in the classes and uh, even doing things like community theater or uh, taking singing lessons or doing improv. So it's, it's, it's a matter of laying the foundation. And then by the time you have the foundation there, some of these questions you'll know. And others, I mean, there are others that I'd never ask because they don't matter to me where I'm at now. Mm -hmm. Or uh, uh, I may know the answer, but I don't need the product. So, right, right. Yeah. I think for a lot of people, the people that are asking these questions, the newbies, I wonder if they realize this is a business and it's going to take money. It's going to take an investment. Now, an expense is something that you, you have to pay for and you can expense it, right? But an investment is something that is going to pay off for you. Of course, you can deduct that as well. People are willing to shell out tens of thousands of dollars for a subway sh sub shop. They know that they have to for a franchise. But when it comes to starting your own business in voiceover, a lot of people are balking at a few hundred. And the nice thing about voiceover is you can pay a few hundred here, a few hundred there, a few hundred there, and work it in as you go along. You don't have to take out a $10,000 loan and do it if you don't want to. But you've yeah. got to not get the cart before the horse. So which microphone should I buy? Well, that comes out down later. What are some of the other questions, Joe, that people ask that they really don't need to ask yet? Do I, do I need to get ISDN? Mm -hmm. And for, for those who don't know, ISDN is a uh, uh, integrated services digital network. It's a direct phone line from you to the phone company so that you can connect your home studio to a, a major studio, basically like a, you know, an NBC or a CBS. Um, people like um, Joe Cipriano have ISDN in their home. Right. Um, and there are, other, there are people at all levels that have ISDN, and it can be an advantage. The problem is it's really expensive to get installed, and it's kind of, I think it's kind of on the way out, although it may be around for a while. Yeah, it's very um, outdated. It's only going to be yeah. around for a while because studios still have it, so they want to use what they've paid so much for. 
Yeah. And for me, I mean, I need it occasionally and there are plenty of ISDN studios, well, near me, but I'm in Hollywood, but uh, there's plenty out here. I'm sure they, uh, anybody can find an ISDN studio if they need one Yes, and, and pay for the, the studio time, which would be cheaper in the long run. Now, if tomorrow I got a call and they said, hey, you're the new voice of the Stars Network and we want you to be available 24-7. Okay, well, that would pay enough that I would go out and get ISDN. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> it would be convenient for me to be in my house when they call and say, okay, let's just record this now right. and do it that way. But again, I don't need it. My, my answer is basically no, because until you get a job that would justify it, why would you shell out for it? So I have never had ISDN. Now, I do have a friend that has it, and I, it's probably less than a dozen times over the years that I've had to go into his studio to record something because yeah. I would just do it by phone patch and other means. In fact, um, Joe, coming up in a few weeks, I just have to get my ducks in a row here. I'm going mm -hmm. to be doing a series of podcasts, probably two, maybe three, depending on the content, how much it becomes, on ISDN alternatives. Yeah. Because ISDN yeah. is going out and there are so many alternatives, but everybody's confused about what all of them do. And so we're going to uh, talk about that. The next question is, what is the best Porta booth? Yeah, uh, I think people, people are concerned when they travel or they go on vacation. What if they get a, an important call or, or an important audition and they have to record it while they're on the road? And um, I don't know, for my money, there's really two answers to this question. One is, you're on vacation. Maybe you should actually just take the vacation <laughs> and not worry so much about missing one opportunity. Yeah. You know, now if somebody has cast you for something, they can put you into a studio nearby wherever you're at. Right. And, and I've had that happen. I've been on vacation and they're like, uh, they need a pickup on this. What's the nearest studio? And they'll put me in one and, you know, record it that way. But there's also a, a number of products that are, somewhat portable to very portable and they do some things like they'll deaden the noise a little or they'll they'll cut back on some of the room echo but for me it's it's a trade-off you know you're paying i don't know some of them are a couple hundred bucks you're paying a couple hundred bucks for something you're going to lug it around through airports and with you that you, you might need it and i haven't really tried one that I thought was significantly better than either building a pillow fort where you take, you know, the, the couch cushions off the sofa and build something around your mic or um, surprisingly uh, cars, rental cars, or, you know, uh, any, any auto, if you get inside a car, cars are very, they'll suppress outside noise and the, the inside noise is also good to record in. So uh, you pull, you take the car to a, a remote location where there isn't too much traffic. You set up your mic, you record, you go back to your hotel and transmit it. Right. Um, for me, that's just, it's just simpler than lugging all this stuff around or paying extra for something. Yeah. And when you, uh, when you get into a, a hotel for whatever it is that you're there for, ask for, uh, be away from the elevators. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. Or ice, ice machines. Yeah. Ice machines, the, the, <laughs> the uh, air conditioning vents right outside your window, uh, you know, whatever. Um, I well, have gone in a, um, in a hotel room and I did this with Dan Freeman was actually there. And my assistant, uh, former assistant, Gary McFadden was there, but Gary had held the blanket over my head and <laughs> held the microphone. And the only thing is it was hard to see. So if you're going to do something like that, get a headlamp like from camp. Yes. Yeah. That's <laughs> a good idea. Or a little book light or something. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the other, the other thing is a lot of hotels will have uh, little business centers yep. that are 
are usually pretty quiet and there, there aren't that many people there. So you, if you say, can I use your business center for half an hour? You go in, you record your stuff, you leave. I never thought about that because um, I've just always seen, you know, several computers and figure people come and go. It just, it never occurred to me to listen to how quiet it is in there. Well, I'd suggest going in the sauna, but I don't think that's good for your microphone. <laughs> Probably not. <laughs> the sound quality is great, though. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so here's one for you. Uh-huh. How do I make my first voiceover demo? Mm, yeah, that, that comes up a lot. And, yeah. And people... Uh, people will make their own. Uh, they'll, you know, cobble something together that's uh, ten impressions of famous cartoon characters, or, or they'll record some copy that they found, and and you can tell their equipment's not up to snuff, or their delivery's not there, or even the way that they cut the demo together is not going to fly. Maybe it's right. too long, or um, all of these are questions that a professional demo producer would be able to handle. And you're going to pay for that. I mean, they, they, they cost money, but what you're getting is the person knows the audio, the, the mixing properties, how best to record you so you sound the best. And they also, a good demo producer, will know the industry and the current standards for a demo, what types of spots you want or right, what right. kind of demo you're going to produce. And this is, like you said, this is the investment part. This is something, when you're ready for a demo and a, and a I usually suggest a coach can tell you when you're ready for a demo. Exactly. The and demo is you're the right person, you know, and a lot of coaches produce demos. I do. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't do the production part. I just do all the coaching and, and selecting the copy based on the individual talent and what their gifts are. And say the Anthem read is like one of the most popular right now. And if I have a talent who's good at it, you can be sure I'm going to have that on the demo. If they're mm-hmm. not, I'm just going to omit it from the demo. No problem. Cause you know, the demo has to reflect your best. But it is the primary marketing tool. So if, if you have to be recording in your master closet with a, 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 a moving blanket over your head, as long as it sounds good, do that. But don't skimp on the demo. That's the yeah. one place you don't want to skimp. Yeah, um, and you can get by without a demo for a while until you start. Yeah, and and uh, this is where uh, the next question, you know, who, who knows a good agency looking for talent? When you... But when you actually get in with a with an agency, they may have standards for their demos. They may want certain things on their demos. Mm-hmm. So you might be better off if you're a brand new talent, if you have, you know, you've laid the foundation, you have the acting skills and you know how to deliver the copy. They may say, this is good. We noticed you don't have a demo. That's the next step for you. Come back and here's five people we'd suggest or, you know, a coach that we'd suggest that can help you. Do you think they would even give the time of day to someone that is approaching them without a demo? Uh, you know, it's hard. Uh, my, I would say that all of my agencies, I had some sort of connection through uh, some other means. Like my, my current agent, actually, I got them through producing a promo demo. And the person who uh, coached me on the promo demo had connections and called a couple agents and said, hey, he's got a new demo, you might want to talk to him. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then the agent before that, I had made a connection through an industry person. And th- this is kind of the catch-22. If you go directly to an agency, they're used to getting a lot of inquiries and a lot of demos and a lot of people saying, can you take me on as talent? And there's almost like a little 
off switch you see in their eyes. You know, mm-hmm. you say, I'm an actor, click. And it's like, yeah. hello, hello. <laughs> and um, so if you have a, a different way in, like a side door or window where somebody who's in the industry can talk to the agency and say, hey, uh, I've worked with this guy. He's, he's pretty good. You should probably talk to him. Yeah. That carries a lot more weight than, than just sending, a, you know, sending out a form letter that says, I want to get in the industry and here's my, here's my demo. Yeah. So the answer to the question is the agencies are always looking for new talent. The question right. is, what can you offer them? What, what will they, I mean, they're, they're a business just like you're a business. They want to make money off you. <laughs> but, and, and also keep in mind that it, just because an agent doesn't represent you doesn't mean you're not good enough. I was turned down by a San Francisco agent on my former demo because my former demo was produced by a wonderful demo producer who's not a coach and he made it sound great, but he didn't know what makes me different. Mm-hmm. And, and so this San Francisco agent, and I, I was referred by J.S. Gilbert into this agency. And so I had a really good referral, but they said, oh, wow, J.S., she's great, but I've got a dozen just like her. Mm-hmm. See, yeah. and now I haven't approached them again since I have a new demo that actually reflects what makes me different, which is a lot of the reasons I book a lot is because I don't sound like everybody else. But just because you're turned down, it can be, even if your demo did sound like you, it can be that they've already got three people with that sarcastic wry read and they can book them. Why bring in more competition for who they already have? Yeah. And that, and even that, uh, even that feedback, even getting turned down tells you something, right? It tells you, oh, okay, I'm in the main channel that everybody else is in. And then you you ask yourself, how can I stand out from the crowd? You know, what, what makes me special enough that they would want to bring me on? Yeah, that's, that's what I call the golden tools. Um, When I'm coaching, we work on the negatives and the positives. You work on all the deficiencies and that will bring you up to a very good talent. It can, it lowers the, it raises the floor. Mm-hmm. you know, of how low mm-hmm. you can go, but you're not going to soar. You know, you can be a great pianist, but you're not going to be Liberace unless you develop your golden tools is what I call it. And mm-hmm. that's your uniqueness. And it's funny because I have several, I work on with people, but it comes out when you're working with somebody, all of a sudden something just comes out. They emerge. What makes them unique as a person emerges. And that's when, you know, you've really got something there that you can yeah. sell. I, I, I used to do, uh, you know, I, well, I've done a lot of improv in the past. I used to play improv with a uh, very good uh, character actor. He's been in a, a ton of things, usually as like a military guy. And uh, got a great insight slash compliment from him, which was, uh, I just done a scene and I came off and he's like, you know what was great about that scene? You disappeared. Oh, uh, nice. And I saw the character and it's like, oh, okay. That's so part of my goal when I'm acting is that people just don't, they, they hear a different facet on each, each character so that, you know, you can say, Oh, was, was that Joe? (laughs) Which is, that's the compliment I'm looking for. (laughs) Yeah. And that's very vital in voiceover. I call it transparency because Mm -hmm. uh, I have this article that I wrote, pay no attention to the man behind the curtain. The spotlight has to be on the star, the product, the service, whatever. They're not paying people to listen to your voice. They're paying for you to focus on whatever. And if for some reason the focus ends up being on you, your voice, anything to do with you, then you haven't done your job because the focus 
the spotlight needs to be on the star. So there needs to be, and that takes time to develop, there needs to be that communication level that is so intense that you get the transparency that they see through you to the star. Yeah, and that can happen at at different levels, and uh, especially in the commercial world. The concept of the commercial, the writing, the directing, each one has to kind of follow that same principle because there are times when I watch a commercial and I go, that was a great commercial. I couldn't tell you what they were selling. Exactly. Oh, (laughs) they've got some hilarious commercials and I couldn't tell you what they were selling. I might have been able to say, oh, it was an insurance agency. Well... (laughs) You know, <laughs> voting somebody else's insurance agency. You better yeah. let me know who you are. Yeah. So the post that you found is actually on my blog, which is called joesdump.com. And it's it's a mixed bag. So sometimes there's stuff about VO. Sometimes it's poetry. Sometimes it's my personal opinion on things. I just try to write something creative every week. That's one of the ways that I keep my head in a creative zone. I force myself to do something every week that's outside of my comfort zone. That's good. That was my New Year's resolution. It was all related to technical. It was all like, learn how to use LinkedIn, learn how to use Twitter, learn how to write and uh, update websites on uh, in WordPress, learn oh. how to do webinars in Zoom. I mean, it's all technical. <laughs> <laughs> and, and that is really hard for me because I am a little bit intimidated by tech. I used to laugh at old people. You know, they're intimidated <laughs> by tech. It's nothing, right? Well, I am intimidated by you know, certain technical things at times. You're applying the same, uh, you're applying the same principle. You're raising your floor, right? That's right. And I'm getting out of my comfort zone. Yeah. Way out. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you're doing good based on the Zoom session today. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) We'll we'll see when it's done, right? (laughs) We've been talking to Joe J. Thomas, also known as Joe Actor, and you can find out more about him at joeactor.com. Joe, can people email you if they have any more questions about, well, (laughs) if they should be asking certain questions? Um, It's it's probably easiest to find me on uh, Facebook. Okay. yeah, just look up you know, Joe J. Thomas and, and I'm, I'm out there and um, you can connect with me there or connect with my, uh, I've got a business page there too, I, I think. so. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, if you have any questions for me, email julie at voice-overs.com and we will talk to you next time. We're glad you were able to join us today. Feel free to email Julie with any questions at julie at juliewilliamscoaches.com. We'd like to thank our editor, Morning Joy Lynn, who can be reached at morningjoy at voeditor.com. And of course, thank you for listening. Till next time, I'm Paul O'Connor, along with Julie Williams, wishing you prosperity in all you do.